an American dog. Mary Beth Ann's friends called her MBA because she only received a high school education. She had written just over 18,000 words during the past 13 days. Her goal was to hit 20,000 words at the end of two weeks. Despite her lack in education, she read a book a day. Skim reading, skipping paragraphs, and having a disorder where she was unable to recognize a question mark left her grammar in an atrocious state. Third grade English teachers across the nation cut their wrists at the sight of her writing. At least one really did. The story made it into the Michigan Gazette and garnered her one new reader. Said reader became borderline obsessed with her. No one knew he had plans to kidnap her and her dog Ollie. But he didn't have a chance. He was struck by a bus and killed on his way to do so. MBA followed one rule in all of her stories. A dog had to be a major part of the plot. This began as an experiment when her parents left her to take care of Ollie for a week while they basked in the Florida sun. Yesterday was the first day she was unable to write a story involving a dog. It was no coincidence that this marked the only day she had performed a partially legitimate day's work. She came home as tired as can be, only to receive a phone call from her friend Elio that he needed help painting a wall in his house. Elio had two girl dogs named after the famous Czech-American director Milos Forman. As such, their names were Milos and Forman. MBA could never remember which was which, so she never spoke their names aloud. Unlike her dog Ollie, who didn't shed, their hair spread through the house like the snow in the 1998 Christmas blizzard. She would always remember that Christmas as the one that froze and killed a Santa impersonator trying to crawl down her family's chimney. She had a fear of chimneys since then, unless a fire was roasting at the bottom, of course. Even then, it always seemed possible that the devil himself may find a way in. MBA came home from Elio's covered in off-blue paint and dog hair. Ollie jumped up on her and his nose went off with the ferocity of the July 4th fireworks that blinded her grandfather. She sat down at her computer hoping the electricity would get her writing. She started up a story called The Finality of Florida about a dog who is left to roam a house for three days before his owner's dead body is found in bed. It was an experimental narrative from the dog's perspective. She spent a few days pretending that she was as crafty as Tolkien and would create a language for dogs to speak. The desired inventiveness passed quickly. The truth was she couldn't even remember the order of the alphabet from time to time, so she maniacally typed away. The story read something like this. Where's my bone? Where's my bone? Where's my bone? I can't find my bone. I smell my bone, but I can't find my bone. The man knows where my bone is. The man always knows where the bone is. Where's my bone? I smell it. I smell it. He's on top of it. He's asleep. I should sleep. Sleep. No. My bone. I smell it. It's this way. No. It's that way. No. The old bone. No. That's the old bone. The old bone. I want the new bone. The new bone. It took a few pages of this repetitive blabber for MBA to realize this was not a story. There was no plot or structure or character, really. It was just chaos. She had a hard time believing that dogs' minds lived in such chaos. How could she judge a dog in such a way? How could she assume dogs knew the word for man? There was no hesitation. 
In one highlight and click, she erased the whole thing. She even threw the document in the trash can and emptied it out. No one would ever see the nonsense she spent two hours creating. All the while, Ollie was smelling her. She needed her muse to give her more. She noticed his penis was poking out of his pocket. She hated being humped, but was prepared to exchange Ollie's thrust for just a few words. He never mounted her, though. Her father's call to the couch distracted him. So she did the only thing she knew how to do. She went on YouTube with the intention of watching clips from her favorite show but was distracted by the algorithm. She spent an hour watching pizza mukbang videos. Videos of couples who were meeting despite the Torbeam pandemic. And ASMR videos before finally searching American Rockstar. She loved watching old videos of the 11th season winner Wilson Wilson. He had a unique rasp in his voice and his body shook like James Brown when he performed on stage. The weird thing was he never shook his hips. It was only the rest of his body that moved. This reminded her of her first boyfriend Paul who could only have sex while lying on his back. Due to a missing strand of muscle around his hips he was unable to thrust. The first time they tried to have sex, he was afraid to tell her of what he later called the disability. She went on top because he was still a virgin, and it only felt right that she'd take it. He finished before he was even inside of her, and insisted that since the condom wasn't on, she'd take plan B. She told him that his semen didn't even land on her body. He kept quiet for a moment before explaining his secret belief in flying sperm. According to his folklore, some sperm wanted to reach the egg so badly they could fly through the air and reach it. They had a small argument, until MBA realized how serious he was. Just to shut him up, they went to the pharmacy and she took the pill. The second time they tried to have sex, it started with a lot of kissing. There was so much kissing that MBA thought her lips were going to fall off. Growing impatient, she ripped off Paul's shirt. It took another 20 minutes for him to fully undress, but when he did, she found herself on top again. This time he went inside her with a condom on. She really found a nice groove that lasted a good 10 minutes. It was sort of like plucking a bass guitar with her fingers running up and down his body. Good rhythms. Good vibrations. Based on how fast he finished the week before, she began to worry that he was... Am I doing something wrong? She whispered. No, you're perfect, he whispered back with a kiss. Do you want to switch positions or something? No, he said aloud. No, no, no. Okay, okay. A moment later, he finished, kissed her on the cheek, and then ran to the bathroom. She put her underwear and shirt on, waiting for almost a half hour for him to return. The silence killed her, so she flipped open her laptop to Wilson Wilson videos. When Paul returned, it was clear he had been crying. What's wrong? she asked. I'm like him. I'm just like him. Like who? Like Wilson Wilson. You sing? No, I can't thrust my hips. I'm missing a strand of muscle that allows for that to happen. That's okay, she said. I love Wilson Wilson and I really like you. Do you want me to prove it? he asked. Before she could answer, Paul started wiggling his body. He was a jiggly rubber band trying not to snap. She wanted to laugh, but couldn't. If she laughed, it would have ruined everything. 
It wasn't like she didn't have secrets, too. There was the fact that she couldn't read question marks. There was also her fear of chimneys. There was also the fact that she didn't need condoms or Plan B because ovarian cancer was rampant in her family and she'd had a hysterectomy the year prior. Most of all, there was... Damn, I've gotten off track. The reason I was telling you about NBA watching American Rockstar videos is because it gave her an idea for a story to write. She typed up, An American Dog, at the top of a blank document. It was the story of a television competition where dogs competed for best bark in America. The winner received a year's worth of training and eventually found themselves in commercials, TV shows, and movies. In this story, the winning dog Neptune became so obsessed with fame that he disowned his family and moved in with a rich celebrity. His bark was so loved that he became the most famous living entity in the world. That's when the sad part happens. A crazy fan comes to one of Neptune's sets and shoots him in the head. This story sat with MBA for an hour before she realized she had no interest in writing it. Something about a famous dog was interesting to her, but she hated guns and was unable to come up with an alternative ending. It seemed that in a situation like this, that was the inevitable conclusion in our modern world. And all of this was without knowing that a man had read the Michigan Gazette and once planned to kidnap her. She hated America. She hated Americans. She hated these stories. She hated storytelling. The truth was this was all the distraction. Everything was wrong inside and out. She just wanted someone to love her. That's it. She just wanted someone to love her whether they could thrust or not. The problem was this goddamn Torbean pandemic. It made dating impossible. It made it so the last humping she would ever get would probably be Ollie's. She didn't want her insides to be eaten alive until she shat them out. She didn't want to write stories about dogs. She wanted to live and die at a better time if a better time even ever existed. The shower turned from cold to hot. The bathroom mirror steamed until she couldn't see herself. She got undressed and hopped inside the man-made rain. All of Milos and Foreman's hairs washed off of her. Ollie would have no reason to smell her anymore. She looked over to the sink and pictured herself being strong enough to pick it up and throw it out the window so she could escape into the wild. Tomorrow would be a new day. She'd find something to write and she'd hit her goal. There was no question, even though she couldn't recognize a question mark. If you've ever said to yourself, Hey, I wonder what Jeremy's writing process is like. Well, if you just read An American Dog, then you pretty much can understand how I write things. <laughs> Maybe that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but... I don't know how to explain it. This is my writing process. This is this story. It's the way I come up with stories, the way I think of stories, the way stories come about, where they come from. It's all in this. Uh, for example, sometimes I write a story because of something I found on YouTube or something I saw on American Idol or something from my sex life, which is pretty much non-existent, but, you know. <sighs> okay, I'm going to leave that in. I don't know. You know, I have these crazy thoughts and these crazy tangents and I go all over the place and then it all comes together in the end from something from the beginning with the question mark. And just so you know, if you were to read An American Dog, there are no question marks in the entire story. Everything is ended with a period because the main character, MBA, 
cannot see question marks. I think that's enough. <laughs> I don't know, know what else to say about it. I mean, listen again or read this story and you'll figure out, you'll see how I write. It's all about distractions and tangents and past thoughts and tying a bunch of things together that don't make any sense whatsoever. The next story is called The Incision Part 2. It's a sequel to The Incision Part 1. It's within the same universe as the story, but a totally different story in itself. So, please enjoy. Thank you again for listening. I have just recorded Story 17, which means I'm halfway through. I'm very excited. It took me about six weeks to get here. So who knows how many more weeks it will take to finish. But we're going to get there, and we're going to get that book published, and we're going to get that book out there for you if you want to buy it. Which would be pretty cool, but no pressure. Yeah, a little bit of pressure. Buy it. It's worth it. I mean, if you like these stories, it's worth it. All right, thanks. <laughs>